Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports and you get The Bachelor. We're going to be talking a little bit about The Bachelor today. Episode 4 was a great episode. And then afterwards, we're going to bring our good friend Bill on to discuss the lackluster. Is that a good word for the uh, for the football championship conference title games? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, two blowouts. Not great. Craig Niels is here. How's it going, Craig? Going very well, thank you. All right. Great to have you back, as always. So, episode 4. Of The Bachelor. Fantastic. Uh, it just absolutely fantastic. Start to finish. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely. Yeah. Was, like, there, there was so much good about it. Obviously, most of the, what was good about it was Corinne-related. Yes. Um, but, yeah, there was there was a lot of good stuff that happened in Episode 4 of The Bachelor. The farm date was perfect. You just had to know the producers are like, you know who's going to react poorly to this? Yes. You just had to know that was going to happen. The, the, um, yeah, no, it was... Uh, a lot of it was very well planned. They, 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 they've done. This has been my favorite Bachelor season in a while. They've done a good job. The farm date for me, I thought, I thought was great because if I was the Bachelor, I, I, and you know, and knock on wood, I don't ever end up having to be the Bachelor. But if I was the Bachelor, I would want to place the 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 prospective ladies in in a situation similar to this. Maybe not a farm, but definitely a situation where the girls have to, you know, get their hands dirty. Maybe not going so far as to actually shoveling giant mounds of, of animal feces into a thing. I don't know if I'd go that far with it. But I want to know which ones, when it comes down to, to getting, you know, your hands dirty, you know, uh, go, all right, let's roll up the sleeves and get it done. Or who go, you know, ew, you know, like this, uh, you know, this is get all... Prissy about it, I guess would be the word. I guess because like like I, I I don't know. I can't stand that shit. So I I, I rather like that uh, most of the girls were willing to roll up their sleeves and 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 get the work done. But uh, of course, our girl Corinne. I mean, what do you say? She had some nerve damage, Craig. She had a little bit of nerve damage, and, and yeah, yeah, she had a very serious medical situation, which I believe she said those words two or three times, which oh, is incredible. Yeah. And I like that none of the girls bought that. I thought I thought that that was great. Like uh, that turns out they're not total idiots. Yeah, that well, was great. Like, not in that way. True. Like uh, Kristen, whose stock I think actually rose uh, further than I than I thought. Like Russian Christine, or is it Kristen or Christina? I don't remember. Christina. Christina. Yeah. So uh, the, the she looks like Anna Kendrick. The Anna Kendrick looking broad. Uh, who has a Russian accent? Who has a Russian accent? I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, I definitely won me over this week, and uh, with her one line where Corinne was like, "I have a serious medical condition." She goes, "Yeah, I'm not stupid. Don't talk to me like yeah. I'm stupid." I thought that was fantastic. And then she ended up with a with a rose. Didn't have her in the bachelor pool this week though, so uh, didn't didn't see that one coming. So so, so I good threw, on her. I threw what I I can only describe as the equivalent of a perfect game in the bachelor pool this week. Like Did it you? was. Oh yeah, I had I had everybody. I had Raven. I had Danielle L. I had Corinne. Basically anyone who was making moves that episode, I had on my squad. I felt good about it. Yeah. Well, Corinne, Corinne did you have Taylor on your on your roster? I did. You did. I did have Taylor. 
What do you? What do you? What's your opinion on Taylor, Craig? Just, just as, as, just not as. A I think that prospect. Taylor. I think that Taylor would be very unpopular if not for the existence of Corinne, because Taylor is kind of like, okay, what are you doing over here, lady? Uh, but since she's like, you know, Corinne's foil, everyone really likes her. I'm not a fan. I, 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 I just, I, I am not a fan. I got to tell you, she, she, she comes off. As, as very condescending to me, which which irritates me more than than Corinne's general uh, just childlike I, behavior on the show. I agree, but I just I like the idea of someone being condescending to Corinne because it causes Corinne to do weird stuff. Oh, absolutely! Like they're going on a two on one date at some point, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They're gonna go on a two on one date. One of them's gonna go home, and it's going to be glorious. Yeah, and 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 yeah, it will be. It will be fantastic. That that that. I don't know if that's coming up this week or like basically within the next two weeks. We're we're getting a Corinne and Taylor two on one date, and it's and it's just it's gonna be fantastic. Um, Corinne staying and getting the final rose. That that was such a producer move that like the producers I thought made a lot of great moves this week. That was probably the best move of them was, was them pulling Nick Viall aside and going, listen, if you're giving Corinne a rose or, you know, going, listen, bonehead, you're giving Corinne a rose and you're going to make it the last one so that we, we can get everyone's hilarious reaction shot to you going Corinne, right? Yes. Oh God. It was great. And, and the one girl I can't, I can't remember her name, but she wore like the the yellow dress and she was dancing with them. I think it was Christina, but she spelled it with a C or something. The, oh, Kristen. Yeah. Was it Kristen? Yeah. The death glare that she kind of gave, like Nick like hugged her and was like, good luck. And then the look she gave him was this, like, if I, like, I would really want to kill you right now, but I'm on, I'm being recorded for tel- for like national television. So I'm just going to recede into the night. <laughs> but it, oh God, if looks could have killed Craig, that, that was... That was absolutely tremendous. Yeah, it was uh, it was something. I uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. What was your favorite Corinne moment of this week? Oh man, that's uh, there's, there's a litany to choose from. Whew. Mm. Whew. Um. Oh man, you're okay. Uh, I will say. That confessional when she said, I don't want to shovel poopy about six times in a row somehow. And for some reason, she said poopy like she was a child. I, like la- Last week, I-, I-, I claimed that she would be the most interesting psychological study you could do because she clearly has the mentality of a 12-year-old. Yes. And-, and I have since downgraded that to probably 10-year-old because she's absolutely insane. And she had the moment this week where – and like basically everybody – because we had the moment where everybody – confronted the villain right like everybody sat down basically in a semicircle and and they had the airing of the grievances if you will towards corinne but none of them could really come up with anything other than you slept through the the one rose ceremony and you're trying to bone nick at every turn yeah another one. i guess was another one but you know like you could argue the second one was her playing the game so yeah that's was, true yeah it was like oh my lord and it, it just like it, it, it kept getting worse. Like she, she managed to deflect. Cause I guess she's, she's just, 
and they they kept calling her immature and, and emotionally not ready for for whatever you know the bachelor happens to be which but quite frankly i mean you're all on the bachelor so are any of you really I'm like like is that really like a lot of them were thro- uh, like i don't want to say they were throwing stones but they were probably launching boulders from their glass houses as far as uh you know emotional maturity levels and whatnot but I mean, at the same time, Corinne is also a girl who, in the confessional, grabbed both of her breasts and went, Is this immature? At the same yes. Time. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh I just said that's my favorite moment. Jeez. There's, there's, like, so many other ones to choose from. Like, let, let me give you a couple here. Uh, she compared herself to Michael Jordan and Abraham Lincoln. Yes. At one yes. Point. That, they, they did take naps, and so yep. was Corinne. Yes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, her fake toast. Oh, that was yeah. so fantastic. That, yeah, she, that, that she was, put her first Johnny Bananas there. Yeah, that was pure evil. Pure, like, that, absolutely pure evil. Just, like, because what did she do? She, she's just, I don't know, because she, she just, like, put up the glass. And she's like, let's just enjoy this experience, and I'm here for me, and I'm going to win this. And it was just like, oh, my God, so great. It's absolutely great. Um, When it comes down to Taylor and Corinne, who are you hoping goes home? Oh, I want Corinne to stay until I want Corinne to be final too. Yeah, me too. I want Corinne to stay. Now I know that's not going to happen. I just want Corinne to stay with us forever. <laughs> and as we were discussing this week, like I, I, I'm a relatively patient person, and I think that I, I I'm pretty good at being able to wait for things. I'm a Leaf fan for Christ's sake. Like I'm waiting 31 years for the team to be what it is right now. <laughs> However, I am not sure I'm going to be able to wait much longer for Corinne to be on paradise. I just, I just, I can't handle the excitement of that. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to deal with it well emotionally. Yeah. So that's, that's something I'm, 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 I'm thinking about here as what will probably be the highlight of 2017. I dare say I haven't been, I haven't been this, I, I haven't lived in this much anticipation of something probably since it was, uh, February when the dark in 2008 when the Dark Knight Rises was like still f- three months away and, and yeah you remember yeah. me back then like I was like like I was on the edge of my seat the entire time just going like oh it's gonna be so great yeah <laughs> but here's here's what I'm worried about maybe this is gonna be an exact Dark Knight parallel type of situation whereas mm-hmm. you know the Dark Knight was like an all time mm-hmm. comic book movie probably the greatest comic book movie ever made I think we can say absolutely and Corinne is the greatest Bachelor villain we've ever seen. Yeah. It, it Are we going to get to the sequel, which is Corinne's case, Paradise, and Dark Knight's case, Dark Knight Rises, and be like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is that going to be the reaction? Like, that's how I felt about the Dark Knight Rises. Like, it's a fine film. Dar- the Dark Knight Rises, as if we could just, you know, veer completely off topic for two seconds here. It, 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 it When it came out, everybody kind of loved it. And then everybody, after like a month or so, then began the teardown of the Dark Knight Rises. And over time, everybody has come to accept that, yeah, you could drive plot holes through the truck, like, like trucks through the plot holes of that movie, but it's still a great film. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's fine. It's just mm-hmm. not, uh, it, it's not nearly on the level of the, the previous film. Mm-hmm. And what if we get that with Corinne in paradise? What happens if she's like out the first week? Like you would hope production rigs so that doesn't happen, but who knows? I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm yeah. worried. I, I don't, I, either way, that's why you, br- you bring her in for, uh, yeah, like that's the thing. When they put her on Paradise, is she gonna be start? Like, is she gonna start in Paradise, Craig? If you're the producer, no. Do you start with her? Is she in the opening credits doing that weird like "This is Paradise" stupid that stupid opening that nope. they do? 
Or nope. you, do you bring her in second week to try to break? No, you bring up? her in set. You bring Taylor's on there the first week, and she finds some guy she likes. But you know that, that it's a guy that Corinne's going to be into. Then you bust out Corinne. <laughs> I like it. I don't understand why it'll work for this show. Yeah. Uh, you know what? No, I, I, I don't give them enough credit. Yeah, they, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah they, they thought of that on their own. They know what they're Nonetheless, doing. Nonetheless, I feel like I should be a creative consultant. Um, we we got to meet. Have we met Nick Bial's parents before? Because I met. Yeah. yeah, you've met them before. Oh, wait. No, wait, have we? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have during one of the. Because he got to the final two, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He got to the. Uh, so he would have been. In he the got to the final round. two twice, both for both for Caitlin and for Andy. So yeah, I'm sure we would have met Nick Vile's so parents. It's not the first. I didn't time find it to be memorable. I. It got me thinking. What it would be like if if certain parents, like specifically if your parents or my parents were on The Bachelor. I think your parents would be fantastic on The Bachelor because I think your parents are just great TV in general. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I mean, well, I mean my... that in the nicest way possible, by the way. I just realized something. What if there I was there was a bachelor situation for me in hometowns and there was like the family dinner and my sisters were there. Oh god. Now that. <laughs> oh good lord. I mean, I mean only you and I get that joke well, and a few people <laughs> listening get that joke, but trust me, it would be fantastic and the bachelor it... people listening should do whatever they can to make that happen. I think it was JoJo's mom who drank champagne out of the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I I I feel as though my sisters would like you know, be double fisting champagne out of multiple <laughs> bottles. But who knows? Oh, Either way, I don't I, like now that I'm married and one of my sisters is married. I don't I don't know if we're gonna be able to get on the Needles family's gonna get on the Bachelor, which is too bad, really. It's a, it's a goddamn a tragedy. Chance, my There's always a chance, my friend. Goddamn tragedy. I, I think, I, I like I got me thinking about what it would be like with my with, with, if my parents went on, and I think it would be great TV for the simple fact that. Uh, my mother, you could, she could not hide the the seething hatred and and just ultimate disappointment that she would feel in her firstborn son in that moment as she was sitting on this reality television show, just going like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> right? like, yep. Oh, that would be great stuff. I would absolutely love it. So, Danielle L. Got the first end, and, and you know I've been on the Danielle L train for for like like I'm on the bandwagon, have been since since the first one. I felt like uh, the bandwagon. I don't want to say it careened, but maybe they 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 got a flat, and it's possible that they replace the flat for the bandwagon and keep it trucking towards the final four. But uh, you know they also may not be able to fix that wheel. How what do you, how did you feel about what happened with Danielle L this week? Uh no I I feel she's in a pretty good spot still. You think so? Cause it was just such she had a, a nice date. She looked good on the date. But like it's part part like she looked fantastic and even though she was wearing it wasn't even a low cut shirt it was a no cut shirt whatever that was. Um, it, it reminded me of, like remember that episode of Seinfeld where the woman wore like the, the 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 same dress all the time and Jerry was like trying to figure it out. It was like that except it was missing half of the dress. Um. But, like, the thing where it was, like, she ran into, she, like, quote-unquote, ran into Nick's ex, and they just sat there and had that awkward conversation. And that was the worst producer moment of the week. Like, like we talked about the, uh, the the Corinne getting the final rose being the best. That Nick, like, running into his ex in the window where he, like... Yeah, what a coincidence. Yeah, they were like, oh, you know, I think that's my ex. Let's sit down and talk to her. for Like, who would do that? Nobody would do that. Correct. Oh, that was, that was dumb as hell. And then... 
for the second time in as many weeks, Nick made out with uh, Danielle L while on stage in front of a room full of at least 500 people, I would say. And, yeah. Uh, while he was groping her ass, I, I would I would say. So uh, that's something. Things are going well for Nick. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Chris Lane? Nope. No, me neither. Had no idea. Maybe I'm not young, hip, and edgy enough to, to, to know that's who that is. It. That's probably exactly it. That's um, got do you feel like Raven can make the final four? Nah, I don't think she has it. No? My final four, I don't think it's changed. I still think Rachel's involved. I still think Vanessa's involved. I agree. Uh, I still think Danielle L's involved. Yep. I had, I had both Danielle's. Danielle L. Danielle yeah, M has seen in, in a couple of weeks She now. got that first one-on-one. I think she's due for another one-on-one. Yeah, basically she was sitting there. Danielle M's only moment this week was she was sitting there while Taylor was for some reason like she was soaking her feet in a tub and but she was wearing like a a bikini for something for some reason that was a really awkward scene i didn't understand what was going on in that because she put on this bikini like she was you know out on the prowl or something but she was just sitting in a tub it was clearly just for you know television purposes but she was sitting in like this extremely awkward way which i don't know it just didn't seem right to me i don't know why you would make that uh that type of move um, so the, 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 the thing about, like I brought, I brought up the whole parents thing cause we met Nick Vial's parents. I want to talk a little bit about Nick Vial's dad. Cause like, it's weird to me that Nick Vial is still a single man. Cause he seems like he, he has good rapport with the ladies and it seems like to me anyway, that he at least has game with the ladies like yeah he well he's like got to the up. final two on the bachelor twice twice right and then yeah, I, saw... I feel as though that justifies what you're saying earlier that mm-hmm. uh you know he, he he he's not some sort of socially awkward dude like he, he yeah. can figure things out and he's good looking he's he's, he's yeah. not like a chut or anything like that he's in decent shape and then i saw his dad and his dad was like clearly hitting on raven in front of their you know, whole family while they were at like a, 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 her, his like youngest daughter and Nick's apparently like the, the eldest of 11 kids or some nonsense. Yeah. That's and, a lot of people. That's his, Phil, that's Philip River style. Family yeah. There. And his, his dad was like clearly like trying to like put the groundwork in on Raven. And I was just like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the problem. Oh, I get it. Maybe that's the problem. Well, Nick's family makes you think of uh, the Jim Rome quote that I always reference when he was talking about Travis Henry. Dude, wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, come on, eleven. So good, I know. I love. It. Well, they're clearly rich, and some people just love having kids. I don't know what. Like, that's what I'd say about Phil Rivers. Like Phil Rivers, because isn't Phil like Mormon or something though too? And I don't want to. Uh, he's one of those. He's yeah. He's he's one of those ones where you're supposed to have as many kids as you can. I guess, or like super Catholic, right? Where you don't. Well, uh, yeah, where yeah. like birth control is banned. Banned and whatnot. Yeah. So and and. You know, Phil can afford it. Maybe he just loves having kids. So he's just yeah. like, screw it. We're having another kid. It's good on him if, if that that's the way it goes. But like, like I, I, I like eleven siblings. God, I couldn't even imagine it. No, um, not... So I guess one more thing, and then we'll 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 call it and we'll bring Bill in for football talk. I want to get your opinion on Ravens story about <laughs> beating up her man or like or, or committing assault if you will on on her cheating boy her, her former cheating boyfriend yeah that was a hell of a thing 
so if we if, if if like I'll set this up for the people who haven't necessarily heard it, but I assume everyone listening has heard it. But allegedly, uh, Raven on a one-on-one date told Nick Vial that she was cheated on one time, and she drove to the dude's house, kicked in a door, and then apparently started beating up both the man and the woman. And, and I believe she claimed she picked up the girl the girl's shoe and started like bludgeoning, beating both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was very Carrie Underwood. Yeah, it was. She was a Louisville slugger to both headlights short of uh, being Carrie Underwood. Oh, man. So, if you were on a date with a girl and she told you that story, what, 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 like, what, 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 how does Craig Needles feel in, in that moment, do you think? Well, the first thing I decide is I'm never cheating on that person. Yes, absolutely. Not that I condone cheating ever. No. But in that particular situation, the feel like there's a lot on the line. Yeah. I personally don't think I could actually cheat because you know me i'm i'm i get that that horrible guilt like i'm pretty sure if i cheated it would cause me like it like it would cause me to have an ulcer and then it would just be like i wouldn't even be able to keep up lying because i would just be coughing up blood all the time yeah it'd be like it'd be like the guy from uh dumb and dumber just whenever he ate spicy food things would go terribly wrong (laughs) exactly yeah um yeah i don't know i i don't think i could do that either uh but even if that's something that I felt that I was capable of. I would certainly be warned off that that was not a good idea with this person. And I would also like you would think to yourself like, oh, like I wouldn't be worried. I'd be like, OK, this person in her worst moment, like that would be pretty brutal to walk in on, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Bachelor producers needed to leave the part where she said, I know what her vagina looks like in the like in the show. There's like I felt as though. Do they mention vagina this much on the on the Bachelor? Is this like a new thing? Because it seems not... like, obviously we're waiting on the on the platinum vagine line. Which yes. is coming, and they 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 do keep saying stuff like I know what her vagina looks like, and they played that like three times in the in the like you know coming up next on yeah. The Bachelor, right? Yeah. So and you're like, okay, is she talking about Corinne? Like, what's going on here? So I don't know if it's, like it's, if it's new necessarily or what the situation is, but what I will tell you is it's fun. <laughs> it's a good time, and I I. That being said, I don't know if I know what her vagina looks like needed to be left in there. Uh, if, if I were if I were editing the show. Yeah. That said, this woman, I I, I think we can say like, I I would be thinking for from Raven's perspective, this is like the worst moment of her life. This is mm-hmm. this is something that like most of us would never be able to even imagine you having to go through. And I would uh, I would be willing to forgive her decision making there and not think to myself, oh, no, this person's going to come after me. I just be like, OK, I just like I think about walking in on your significant other doing that. Hmm. Like, yeah, I, so I, I can understand how she how she would she would lose it a little bit. So I'm and, I'm on Team Raven there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. But like um, the, the thing I kept thinking about was Raven is is what, 90 pounds soaking wet. And she claimed that she was able to kick in a door. And, which I believe, I believe that you could be so rage fueled that you would kick in a yep. door. And it, I'm I agree. Just, like I'm just imagining, like if if I, because I'm a fairly large dude, if I tried to kick in a door when I was in full rage mode, I was just like, man, can I absolutely like splinter a door? Or because like this, I'm like, if this 90 pound girl girl can kick in a door, I should be able to at least like terminator my way through a door or something like that. like uncle buck needed the drill to get yes. through the door oh my God. jack nicholson in the shining needed the axe yeah but and still raven just booted it open so good yeah um yep. i you know what one of you know what i wish craig i wish and this is going to get super canadian here for a second i wish that uh don cherry 
watched the uh, the the Bachelor so that he could break down Vanessa's like performance on on because she was only in two minutes. But it was a glorious two minutes, right? And I just, as that scene was going on, where she was just completely tooling Nick in that whole that scene where she was like, I don't blame Corinne, I blame you. I was just imagining Don Cherry going, ah, look at her, you know, good Canadian girl, Vanessa, what a beauty. You know, <laughs> like, look at her watch. She breaks him down here, moves him here, gets him over here. Oh, God, it's beautiful. What a beauty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more that uh, it would have been a, a great way to break things down. That being said, Vanessa is from Quebec, True. And I don't think that counts as Don Cherry's Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shots fired, Craig. Shots yeah. Fired. yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if Patrice Bergeron from Montreal, Quebec, was named Patrick Blake from Kingston, Ontario? Yeah. Like, Coach's Corner would just be about Patrice Bergeron slash Patrick Blake every week. Yeah. There wouldn't be it. Like, there, you wouldn't talk about anybody else. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I can, yeah. I can think of no better way. To, to end our, our talk of Bachelor episode four than on that particular comparison. So with that said, uh, why don't we go ahead and bring Bill in and we'll, we'll talk a little football. And uh, for the Bachelor people, we will be back next week to break down Bachelor as well. And yeah, that'll be it. We'll, so we'll see you in a bit. We'll talk a little bit of football. All right, let's talk a little football. We are now joined by Bill Needles. How's it going, Big Shoots? It's going well, going well. All right, good to have you join. Um, Billy, I'm going to hit you with the first question since uh, Craig was just on talking Bachelor. Uh, who do you think embarrassed themselves worse in the NFC title game, Green Bay or Pittsburgh? Ooh, uh, probably got to go with Green Bay. Really? Because I I, Green Bay had been playing the best football they played in a while for several weeks in a row and then just came out and looked awful. And yeah. that means that they looked awful earlier in the season, so it wasn't as surprising. Uh, but I also think Atlanta – I think New England is New England, and they can come out and do that any given week. Atlanta is not like that. I I just feel like Green, Green Bay I, – I think both teams were definitely embarrassed because they got blown out. I feel yes. like Green Bay were embarrassed by the other team. But I feel like Pittsburgh embarrassed themselves, which is why. So it's 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 like the Jonah Hill line: "You embarrass yourself, right?" It's like <laughs> I, I feel like Pittsburgh did this. What do you think, Craig? Where do you land on this? I don't know. Am I allowed to say both? Uh, yeah, both oh, teams played terribly. Yeah. Both teams had lousy game plans. Now, I, I'm going to go with the Steelers only because I think there was a significant talent disparity yes. between the Packers and the uh, Falcons at every position other than quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, the Falcons had better players at all the positions except for quarterback and probably tackle. Yeah, if you if you break it down, I'm I'm fairly certain Green Bay had the best player in the game that was Aaron Rodgers, but players two through nine I think were all on the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Jones is second. Yeah. Ryan's Not there. spitballing the numbers. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, but it's something like you get that. My point, yeah, that. Now it wouldn't that wouldn't be the case if Jordy Nelson didn't have three broken reps. The, here's However, the thing, yeah. and and. and you know, credit where credit's due to Jordy Nelson for, for for being a soldier and going out there like that. But at the same time, Jordy Nelson probably took two years off of his career playing in, 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 in what was a blowout game that was over from the get-go. Like, I don't understand why he was still in the game late taking hits. I don't know if he took two years off his I, career. But, yeah, you're, you're right. At some get, point, yeah. at some point, you have to, you know, discretion's a better part of valor. And you're thinking to yourself, all right, we've lost this game. Let's yeah. just make sure that like, his offseason is... I hate the Packers, but... I hate the Packers, but I want to watch Jordy Nelson's like 
play as long as he can. I don't want Jordy Nelson in like a year and a half to be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm my, my lungs are constantly filling with blood, so I have to I have to <laughs> stop playing professional football. And it's like, oh god, right? Like, like I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he he was a he was a friggin' gladiator in that game. I'll I'll say that. Uh, yeah, he uh, I mean, played pretty well considering the situation. That said. The Falcons and Packers, there was a talent disparity. Whereas, yes, once Le'Veon Bell goes down, there might be a talent disparity with the Patriots and uh, Patriots and Steelers. But I just thought that the Steelers were were not as, were, were poorly prepared. They had a bad game plan. They seemed confused and overwhelmed by the moment from the start of the game, and that's why they lost. And they, they were in nickel zone the entire game, which makes no like to me. It seemed like. You can do that against well, maybe not nickel zone, but the, the the plan against them should be has to be get to Brady. You have to harass Brady. Brady. Yeah. yeah, but you can't blitz a lot because if you blitz a lot, he's going to figure it out and you're, you're going to be doomed. Or at least you have to have confusing blitzes or you have to drop guys into coverage. I understand that you don't have the same chess pieces that Wade Phillips did mm-hmm. uh, during the AFC title game last year, or the the old but... Jets that have beaten the pay or the Jets, the Giants that have yeah, beaten yeah. the Patriots teams and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. That being said, the Jets did beat the True. Patriots yep. in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that Wade Phillips... Yeah, yeah. It just You get to Brady without rushing many guys. That's what the Giants did in both those Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. All right, the four down linemen are going after Brady and everyone else is going back in coverage. And that's what they did, and they were able to get to Brady. With, and that's how the Broncos were able to beat them in, uh, in the playoffs twice in three years, which is we're just going to get to this guy without blitzing a lot of people. And Von Miller's going to get there. DeMarcus Ware's going to get there. And, oh, boy, did they ever in that AFC title game. Pittsburgh obviously doesn't have guys like that. And that's okay, but that doesn't mean that you can't at least try. Like, you can't just let him sit there like that against his own defense and be, okay, eventually I'm going to know where all the other guys in the field are going to be, and I'm going to know where my guys are, and Edelman's going to get his, and all of a sudden Chris Hogan's going to be open. We're going to do flea flickers. It's just it felt like the Patriots are Harlem Globetrottering thing things a little bit just because they were just so damn good. Brady had so much time. The offense looked so damn efficient, especially, like, especially from the, like, the second half onwards. It was, it was brutal. Brutal. There was a name missing. Pittsburgh was missing a name in that uh, in that game. Do you remember who it was, Bill? Missing a name? Yeah. I, I just want to see if you remember this guy's name. Craig, can you remember this guy's name? The running back, Le'Veon Bell? Well, other than Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, yeah, oh. like they're, they're missing Le'Veon Bell. Do you remember a little guy named Martavius Bryant? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, good he, player. Yeah, he, they could. That th- th- this was the game where they were really missing him. I thought because, man, they did have that that one over the top to Coates that he dropped. That maybe yeah. Brian Coates had two drops, and so did Wheaton. Wheaton and Coates each dropped a touchdown. Wheaton didn't play. Or or who who was uh, who was the other was one? Rodgers was it Haywood Bay? Was it somebody had a drop? It wasn't yeah. Coates. Coates had a drop. I think it was eighty. 80- Eighty-eight Hayward Bay. Maybe it was Hayward Bay. I, I anyway, it was someone because Coates had the really bad one, and there was another one that that Ben put right in the bucket, and it should have been seven, and the guy it bounced off the guy's hands. It, it just wasn't. I don't want to give. I don't want to say Coates had two end zone drops, but he had two drops because he had the other one that was on a on a big deep route that he dropped that he bounced off his hands at like the, the twenty could have been seven, but uh, I don't think it would would have been because the defender was still on him. Um. This oh, was Kobe Hamilton. You're thinking of Kobe Hamilton. Yeah, thank you, Kobe Hamilton. Yeah. Thank you. Glad somebody remembered. Um, just 
you, you mentioned that they were poorly coached and they had no game plan. That, uh, that I thought was one of the worst coaching performances I have ever seen in my life. And and coming from Mike Tomlin, who is 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 for the most part a damn good football coach. I mean, man, he had no someone on the uh, uh, someone on the uh, the the Twitter feed for the Steelers basically was was saying that Mike Tomlin they were comparing Mike Tomlin to Dan Bilesma, and I guess would know because I assume this person's like uh, um, you know the all one of the all Pittsburgh beat writers. I wish I could quote uh, who it was, but I can't. And they basically said that Tomlin is like Bilesma, where they're a great coach as long as they're winning, but if they start losing, they can't make the in-game adjustments. And he had absolutely no adjustment after after Bell went down. Yeah, that was a problem. Um, the thing I said before that game was the way that Pittsburgh would be able to keep it close and be able to move the ball on offense was the Patriots are pretty clever about getting the, the thing you want to do the most, getting that away from you, which I think obviously plays big into the Super Bowl there there that we're about to be uh, watching. But uh, once once Bell wasn't around, then it, that changed everything that the Patriots had to think about on defense. Um, everything, and plus you know that, and the fact that the Steelers couldn't stop them, oh. that was that was a problem too. Uh, no, just a, a, a horrible game for Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, horrible game for Pittsburgh. That man, like I, I I keep coming back to that to that weird goal line. That goal line sequence that they had was fucking clown shoes that was just some of the worst stuff when they settled for the field goal uh was that yeah. towards the end of the first half yeah. yeah it was it was the jesse james thing where and and this was hilarious because i i was joking about this with you or you back and forth with with the texts because everybody on twitter because jesse james got tackled and it was the right call he was down before he broke the plane so the ball should have been placed at the one but the, the people on twitter were saying Oh, you know, like I think it's better for Pittsburgh if they don't score here, because then they can bleed some bleed a little bit of clock before they get in the end zone. And I, I, can, I texted you and immediately, and I was saying on Twitter, no, no, fucking no. This is the New England Patriots. If you have a chance to put seven on the board, you effing put seven on the board. You don't try to mess around, bleed clock, do anything, any of that nonsense. You score, and then you figure the rest out. Like if Tom Brady takes it down and scores then good on him. He's he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but you can't do stupid crap like, oh, let's bleed clock. So, like, when they called it back, they were like, oh, you know, this will be great. And then they ran the most, like I said, clown shoes set of plays I've ever seen. It was run run once in the line, get nothing, run once in the line, lose five, and then a fade route two yes. yards out from the seven, which had no chance, that went incomplete, and then they kicked the field goal. That was when they lost the game right there. Because like not putting seven on the board, it, it was it, you knew New England was going to come out and score at the beginning of the second half, and they did. And man, it was fucking terrible. Um, do you think Ben is actually uh, thinking of retiring, Bill? I'm sure he's thinking about it, but I don't think he will. Well, yeah, like like because all of a sudden, if he does, I, I mean, I don't think he will. I think he's just trying to grab a little bit of. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of attention because we, you know, Ben, Ben loves the attention. Um, all of a sudden, doesn't Tony Romo to Pittsburgh all of a sudden become a fun, fun prospect? Yeah, I. Mm, yeah, would he? Is that a, is that an upgrade or is that a kind of a side promotion? Like, I don't know if one of those guys is particularly better than the other. I agree with that. Yeah, I think I think you're moving sideways, but I mean, if you're yeah. if you're Pittsburgh, you still have the pieces. It's better than not. If if, if Roethlisberger goes away, you can't give you can't give the reins to Landry Jones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not and ha- have a decent shot at going far in the playoffs. 
Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan this week, I think, pumped the brakes on on a couple things. Actually, I don't even think he pumped the brakes. I think he slammed the the brakes on these ideas and put these ideas through the fucking windshield. Uh, one was Aaron Rodgers for MVP. Uh, I th- I think Rodgers, the, like the way he played. He he played so fantastically over over the last two months that he had us all fooled thinking Green Bay was a real team and 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 I myself am a victim of that because I picked Green Bay to cover last week and I forgot how atrocious they were over the first nine games of the season and then he just went into God mode for the longest time. Um, but Matt Ryan has played. I still his, think that was the right pick. Like still, with basically information we had at the time. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I mean, hindsight, you know, to quote the great Chevy Chase and Dirty Work, hindsight's twenty twenty when you're gambling, right? But well, yeah, I just think that I, I look back on what we knew at the time, and Rodgers was like red, red, red hot, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm getting five points, and that guy's playing as well as anyone's ever played. It was still a, I think it was a reasonable bet. Anyway, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But like, like I said, he still fooled us all because you forgot that. And Green Bay, all like they had a lot of guys go down too, so they they they, they weren't necessarily the most talented group, but they have the greatest quarterback of of this, you know, current iteration of the league. And the other, the other, uh, one, I think, I think Matt Ryan pumped the brakes on was we, well, a, he, thank God he stopped the slurp storm. That would have been created by, by Brady versus Rogers. We'd have all been killed by it. Uh, <laughs> but they also, uh, I mean, I mean the, the, the argument's over now, uh, regardless of the outcome of what is it? Super Bowl 52 or 50, 51. 51. Super, regardless of the outcome of Super Bowl Fifty One, Tom Brady, like it's it, the conversation, it's it's over. It, it is Vince Carter after that dunk in two thousand. It's over. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Of all time. I don't know if that I can get on board with that. All right, throw it out there. Uh, I think that there's a good chance that. A lot of guys would have participated in more Super Bowls if they got to play every single season of their career with Bill Belichick as their head coach. Even if they had the, let's say, questionable talent that surrounded Tom Brady a lot of years? Define me questionable talent. A good defense and mediocre offensive players other than Gronkowski who's injured eight weeks a year. How about Welker? How about Randy Moss? Randy Moss was not that good on the Patriots one year, maybe. What? No, 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 no. One year. Other than his rookie year, I think his uh, – other than his rookie year with the Vikings, I think his second best year was was that Patriots year, was it not? Yeah, it was. No, I uh, – But was what about, it just what about, one year he played with the Patriots? No, no, no. He was there for a couple of years. I think, yeah, yeah it was two. two he, was, he, was, he was good. Yeah. The, 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 set, the third year is when things went wrong. Uh, that talent conversation, and you only played two years. There's clearly not a huge talent. Okay. Welker, Edelman, Aaron Hernandez, and I know Aaron Hernandez, but whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, sure, like, kill the guy. But... <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying guys? he's a good person. I'm saying he's a good football player. There's a difference between those, as we know. Uh, no, I, I really believe that. Uh, not that I, 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 as far as just number of weapons, has Peyton Manning been more fortunate than Tom Brady when you factor in your Marvin Harrison's, Reggie Wayne's? Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Eric Deckers of the world, Julius Thomas. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But the reason that the Patriots have had such success from a team perspective. Yeah, Brady's got a lot to do with it, of course. But Belichick's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. The whole time. So Brady's on the, the, the list for me. But you have to wonder from a team accomplishments perspective, what would John Elway's career 
have looked like if he had had the greatest coach of all time for every game he played? What would Peyton Manning's career look like if he had the greatest coach of all time for every game that he played? I'm not saying that they that you know they, they for sure would have gone to seven eight Super Bowls, whatever it happens to be. I'm just saying that from a, from Elway and Manning's perspective specifically, amongst like the greatest ever. Like you know, we can talk about Montana having Bill Walsh all the time, but from Elway and Manning's perspective specifically, those guys played a lot of their careers for head coaches who were not good at it. No. So who? And, so, who? No. Go ahead. Finish your finish what you were gonna say. Uh, I I will just say that um, I, I don't think it's 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 easy to just crown Brady as as the best. I think that if you look at like you want to talk about lack of talent, look at those three Broncos teams that made the Super Bowl in the eighties. Yes. Find me a find me another quarterback ever at any point in his career that gets those teams to the Super Bowl three times. I, I don't think that guy's out there. I I think like the, 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 there's arguments to be made obviously for, for, for other guys. I think I just, I just feel like if I want a guy to just win a game playing the quarterback position for me, I think I want Tom Brady. Now that said in, in, in different situations, cause I think if, if when the play breaks down and you have to improvise and, and I, I think the two greatest improv, um, Quarterbacks who, who improvise and, and get out of the pocket when the play breaks down of all time. I think one of them playing right now, I think, is Aaron Rodgers. And I think the other one is John Elway, Craig. Um, like, I, th- I think those were the two best guys when, you know, when they got to shift left and then run and throw across their body and, and still have enough, like, juice to, like, just enough arm strength to rifle it across their body and get it to the target with the accuracy. I think those are the two guys. But if I, I, I just, I feel like if I need a guy if we're if we're doing the space jam thing but with a football team except we're pulling from the all-time rosters i i'm not i think it's got to be tom brady at this point because we're definitely taking uh we're definitely taking uh bill belichick because bill belichick now the, the the coaching resume is 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 it's just too disgusting he's he's the greatest coach of all time as well right i just i just think that i think you can if, argue if, if you do brady's career over again mm-hmm. And his coaches are Jim Mora and Tony Dungy and Jim Caldwell and John Fox and Gary Kubiak. What does the resume look like from a team team accomplishment perspective? So you think Peyton Manning? Like from what I'm gathering from you, is Peyton Manning the guy you're you're considering? No, the no. Quarterback? My answer is my answer is John Elway. Your answer is John Elway. Uh, uh, but I'm just I'm just using those that okay. list of coaches as an example. Because like who's who's going to be on the list of people that challenge Brady? John Elway will be there. Peyton Manning will obviously be there. To me, it's a four-person debate: Peyton yeah, Manning, John Elway, Tom Brady, and Joe Montana. That's yeah. the discussion. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I, I think I'm going to agree. Where do you stand on this, Bill? I'm looking now at career completion percentages just because I was curious who was up there. It, mm-hmm. Drew Brees is number one. Yeah, but Brees. Mm-hmm. Breeze is fantastic, and he had that 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 2009. And and remind me to come back to the 2009 Saints in a couple of seconds because there, there, there's something I want to bring up to you, gentlemen, that I think you'll find funny. That 2009 uh, year, I believe, was when he at the time set the completion percentage record. Um, some of that was a little dink and dunk. Yeah, no doubt. But he he def, he definitely opened it up and ripped it. Like Breeze is there, but Breeze Breeze can't crack that Mount Rushmore. Uh, no, no, I don't think Breeze is the greatest. I'm just I was surprised to see him at the top, to be honest with you. 
Uh, Elway was a lot lower. Brady was fairly high. Keep in mind that John Elway played with much different rules than we're playing with right now. Yeah, that's the other argument is when when you're arguing for Elway and Montana, you you say Elway and Montana played in eras when guys would get destroyed going over the middle. Like Like Jerry Rice... Pass interference rules were totally different. Exactly, yeah, absolutely. Pass, you could you could dive at the quarterback's knees and, and give them, you know, like the, the excuse me shots and whatnot after. And, and Brady and Manning basically were the reason that they made all those rules because they were like, we, we want these guys to be able to not get hurt and play all the time because they saw how, you know, you know like, I don't want to say ratings, but they saw how basically quality yeah. of play. Football is more left. fun when those guys are on the field. Exactly. Like, like yeah. The, 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 and they, they are right about Brady. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All that being said, Tom Brady and Joe Montana are right next to each other. Their completion percentages, 63.8 and 63.2. Brady is just ahead of Montana. Yeah. I, so I, I Impressive. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think it's interesting, though, the parallels between Brady and Montana for me, for perspective of... Montana played most of his career with Bill Walsh yeah. as his head coach. And Montana's had a lot of time with Jerry Rice being part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that's helpful. So yeah. it's it's interesting to me that there's some parallels as far as, okay, if, if, if Montana's situation was different or if Brady's situation was different, what would his career resume, resume be from a, a team accomplishment perspective? And I feel kind of the same way about... Uh, do, you then, do you then think that Bill Belichick wouldn't have the career he's had without Tom Brady? That's an interesting question now, isn't it? That being it's said, a symbiotic at, relationship? If, if, but, okay, let's look at Bill Belichick's record since he took over in New England without Tom Brady. They went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle and 3-1 and one with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Now, is that sustainable long-term, those two things? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But we've seen what happens when, Brady, when Brady's gone and Belichick is, is, is there without Brady, and the results are pretty good. Yeah, that's the thing that'll, that'll kind of hurt. Like when you're making, because to me, I think the argument comes down to Montana versus Brady when we're talking all time. And I think the thing that's going to kill, or the, the the thing they'll bring up when when you're trying to argue against Brady is is exactly what you're bringing up right now, Craig. Which is, you would argue, well, how would his career have been if he didn't have Bilicek? And when Bilicek was out, and when he was out for those, what was it, nineteen, twenty-ish, close to games. Belichick was still, you know, 13 and five or 13 and seven or whatever. So Belichick would still, still be great without Tom Brady and whatnot. So like, how great is Brady really? That like, that'll be the argument yeah. that comes up. I, I just, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm firmly in, in, I just, man, 11, like 11 AFC title games, seven Super Bowls. Now one, four of them. We don't know, like chance to win a fifth one. It's like, Jesus, it's impressive. Lost five consecutive playoff games to the Manning brothers. True. Yeah, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, also beat up on Peyton for like the, like the, remember back to 06 when when the, yeah. the if Hey, that... Peyton wound up winning 60% of their playoff games. True. Yeah, true. It was just it, it was just like yeah, they were they were it, like it was bad for 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 like it, it it was very it was one sided for for Manning Brady. I'm glad it, it at one point. I'm glad it didn't end up that way because they're both just tremendous tremendous quarterbacks. But uh, man, so I mentioned the 2009 Saints because remember a couple of weeks ago I I uh, I 
I was comparing the, uh, the the just the way the the Falcons were moving the ball to the 09 Saints and the fact that they play in the dome and and whatnot. There, there, there were some similarities there. I went back and I watched the the 2009 Saints America's game. I highly encourage the two of you gentlemen to to watch this. It's 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 on YouTube if you want to go watch it. Because um, it's funny to view with hindsight the prism that was the 2009 Saints America's game. Because a lot of hilarious stuff are, are heavily featured in that game, or in, in that. First off, Greg Williams gets mentioned many a time in that game as, because uh, they brought him in that year, right? And it was like, the new defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, comes in to light a fire underneath the reeling Saints defense, which had been oh, for years to come, right? <laughs> and what knowing what we now know about Greg Williams and his pay to play. And remember Greg Williams also had that line uh, during the bye week where he was on some radio station in, in New Orleans or in New Orleans and, uh, and said, uh, well, uh, it said something like, we're going to make sure Peyton gets a couple of, you know, remember me hits or something like that after he gets rid of the ball. Right. And uh, Darren Sharper is also heavily featured. Uh, oh no! Yeah, in in this uh, in in this thing, um, you'll also remember in the divisional round they faced the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And remember, was, there was that play where uh, Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner was on the Cardinals at the time. He threw that pick and then tried to go attack, uh, like, and then pretended like he jogged towards a guy to tackle him. And one of the Saints you know, ran five yards and, you know, just sent Kurt Warner flying. There was the Brett Favre high-low in, in the in the NFC uh, championship game against the Vikings. And then Jonathan Vilma, I swear to God, he says, you know, it wasn't our intention to high-low him like that. Uh, we don't play that sort of game, right? Like, I, I cannot. Like, the unintentional comedy of the of the 2009 Saints game, knowing what we now know, is is pretty hilarious because there were like guys celebrating on the side like they have nfl films clips of guys celebrating on the sidelines after they like high load brett Favre, and they're like he's out of the game he's out of the game and they're high-fiving each other it's just like oh my god oh just in case you you, if you felt like karma existed the the the, i think the fact that the 2009 saints won although you know that there was the katrina thing so maybe karma does exist who knows uh (laughs) So I don't want to get into, I mean, I don't want to get into the gambling stuff just yet because we are going to do our big ass, like one of my favorite pods of the year is our, is our big Super Bowl props bet. Um, here's what I want you to do for next week. A little bit of homework for you guys for next week. I want you to come up. We'll do like our, our regular um, five bet things. I want you to each come up with your five favorite prop bets and it can be any freaking thing you want as long as it's a real real prop bet and and uh you know i i don't care what it is if it's the coin flip if it's the anthem if it's an actual like mvp candidate i want you guys to come with five for next week but i also want you to predict right now the game right now is new england minus three and i don't foresee that moving i think it's going to stay at new england minus three all week right now what would you pick bill I want to see if you guys change this week. I want to. I want to. Uh, between now and next week, after you do some research, but right now, two weeks away from the Super Bowl, what does your gut tell you? New England minus three, Bill. 
gut tells me New England minus three, but I will tell you right now, I will openly put money on Atlanta just because I want them to win. <laughs> I will I will throw my money away just so I can cheer for Atlanta. But you're but you're picking New England minus the but three. New England, or... I think, is the better bet here. Okay. Craig, what do you think? I'm taking the Falcons. Taking the Falcons. All right. I am with Bill right now, but again, these Look at... these are not gonna be our hard fast picks. Because, again, I, I want to see if, if maybe we change our minds in a week. What are we going to say there, Chris? I just look at the Super Bowls the Patriots have won or even been in. Yeah. Uh, if, you look at, if you look at all those games, I would want the points. True. Yeah. 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 They've, they've never they don't, blow team, they don't blow teams out in this game. Although they? the Carolina game, they ended up winning by three. But wasn't that wasn't there like a late touchdown by the – by the Panthers. Yeah, Vinatieri had to kick a late field goal in order to steal that one away. Did Just yeah. like did all and all the on all the, the ones except for the Seattle one. Philadelphia one that I'm remembering where they had to. Uh... Yes, they they had, they had a late score that made it closer than it looked. Yeah, yeah, Either yeah. Way, you'd but, want the points. But yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah, what I will say is, I think that both teams are going to be able to move the ball. Yes. And I think that if it turns into a track meet and a shootout, I think that's advantage Falcons, yeah, even yeah. if Leo Jones is removed from this game from a perspective of how the Patriots game plan him. I think that if you're doing a lot of stuff to get Julio Jones out of there, there's going to be open people and Matt Ryan's going to find them because that offense is beautifully schemed. And I'm really looking forward to watching the Kyle Shanahan versus Bill Belichick chess match. (laughs) Is it going to suck when Kyle Shanahan is kind of, I don't want to say wasting his abilities, but when, when he's head coach of the, of the 49ers next year is that is that going to be is there a potential for disappointment there i still wish he was going to be the head coach of the broncos next year yeah well unfortunately that can't happen because he already hired your guy yeah i know i really wish it was kyle shanahan <laughs> I, uh, really, yeah, I wish too i wish the the lions would, would fire that robot they got right now and put it put and bring in kyle shanahan just something but uh i i i don't know i feel like i feel like shanahan because like he's going to be the especially if the falcons win this game because, you know, every every Super Bowl year seemingly is the tradition of hiring the offensive or defensive coordinator off the team that just won the Super Bowl as a head coach, right? Like, that's usually an annual tradition. Um, and if the Falcons win, Kyle Shanahan I, – actually, I think win or lose, I think Kyle Shanahan's headed somewhere to be a, uh, a head coach, and I think it's likely going to be well, the it's the, the Niners' job is the only job left, so, yeah. Sure, yeah. So, New England right. minus, minus three, I, I just – I, th- I think you're right. I will. I, one last question, and then we'll, then we'll get out of here, and we'll say we'll save all the all the in depth. Excuse me. Uh, we'll save all the in depth talk for next week. Is Julio Jones the best offensive weapon that the Patriots will have faced in the Super Bowl? Ooh, interesting one. Um, where do you have to go all the way back to 2001 for a little Marshall Falk? Yeah. That's probably the answer. Um, certainly better than anyone the Eagles had or anyone the Panthers had. The Eagles had T.O., uh, but remember T.O. was playing nah, that but, with like a broken yeah, foot, right? Yeah, he, he had been out for weeks before he came back for that game. Uh, and even still, I think Julio Jones is a better football player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Steve Smith was on Seattle, the... Seattle has nothing uh, that's even co- close to being comparable. The Giants yeah, Marshawn the... Lynch, but yeah. It's not the same. No. Uh, no, I think Julio Jones is the best, uh, is the best player they faced. I'm wondering if... Uh, Matt, like, well, I suppose it depends on how you feel about Russell Wilson and Kurt Warner, but does mm-hmm. it, it, like, 
Is this the best offense the Patriots have played in the Super Bowl? Is it better than the greatest show on turf 2001 edition? That maybe- is going That is going to be the thing. If, if the Falcons go out there and score 40-plus, I think we have to recognize this might be the greatest offense in the history of the game. And it's certainly one of the more. I, I still think that the, the the great to me the greatest show on turf is the best offense I've seen. Yeah, well, because like like who are the that was just an unstoppable group. To me, the top the top three lists I have right now in my head, and this is off the top of my dome piece. And and you, and if you can think of something off my wrong, but like that the greatest show on turf the two thousand two thousand one St Louis Rams, the two thousand fifteen it was a fourteen or fifteen Broncos when Manning was was. 2013 season. 2013 Broncos were the greatest off, one of the greatest offenses, and the third, or, and I think this is the greatest offense of all time, the 07 Patriots. Oh yeah, that was a great offense. Yeah, very very great offense. But I, I still, I would still take the greatest show on turf Rams. Yeah, because to me, uh, like I, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, great receivers, Warner, obviously excellent, mm-hmm. probably a better, just as good if not better offensive line with the Rams. Uh, the Patriots didn't have a Marshall Falk. So Absolutely. to me, I think I would take that. Uh, I would take that greatest show on turf Rams offense. I think that an underrated one would be 2004 Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, 49 touchdowns. That, they still had Harrison and Reggie Wayne, right? Like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they scored 350 something points that year. <laughs> maybe maybe it's not like the greatest offense but that would that that could be discussed just amongst. Uh, yeah, that that's on the short list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, I would go with um, I'd go with the Rams. I just I think that's the best offense I've seen. Okay. I believe, man. Uh, it's hard to believe that the Falcons fans wanted Matt Ryan out one year ago. What a difference a year makes. Absolutely. Honestly, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? He's changed a little bit. He's smarter with the ball, especially in the red zone. We talked about that's that a lot big... last year. Is they were bad in the red zone last year, and he was making bad decisions with the mm-hmm. football in the. Yeah, but Did, isn't the biggest isn't the biggest thing one competent receivers not named Julio Jones? You go you spend some money on Mohamed Sanu, Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, like he's a nice piece. He's been really fun for them. You got you have a healthy Tevin Coleman all season, and he's been a nice piece as well. Shanahan's used him perfectly. Um, and then to me the biggest p- thing though is they can block. You bring in Alex Mack. You have some guys play a little better. Andrew Levici plays a little bit better. You you have Matthews improve along the offensive line. You, you, you get lucky. Better now than in a long time. Oh, and absolutely. That opens that up. But you, oh, I guess last year they had Coleman and Freeman, and they did okay. Right. Yeah, but Coleman gets hurt eventually, and they they were all right. But yeah, this this year's a new level. But I think a, a lot of it is because of of Mack. Like he's mm-hmm. he's been that good. He's been the best center of the league this year, I think, and. I think I think that's just the big difference is they made some good moves uh, to supplement the talent around Ryan and around Julio Jones. This is the first year he's had a, a QB rating above 100, and he's at 117. Oh yeah, it was no, it, I think this is going to go down as a career year for Matt Ryan. I don't think Matt Ryan's ever going to have a year like this one ever again. I, I, uh, I agree there, yeah. His yards but, aren't that different year to year, like 400 no. or so. The difference is the touchdown to interception ratio. That's the yes. huge difference. And, and that's the that's reason the yards. Zone. The re, the re, there's two reasons the yards aren't that different. One, they are so effective running the ball that took, that took up a lot of chunks of yardage. Two, they're winning a lot. Yeah, they were ahead in the, late in the game quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it, to me it's really incredible that 
they were able to turn this around so quickly. But just you know, it just shows that in the NFL, if you have some good building blocks, you don't need a whole lot to go your way. You can you can you sign an All Pro center, and you can get lucky and get a receiver off the scrap heap from the Cleveland Browns, and you can spend a little bit of money on Mohamed Sanu. Um, you could argue whether or not that was money perfectly well spent, but it, it, he was the best receiver on the market, or, or second best receiver on the market, and they went out and got him. Um, so you, you don't have to go crazy. And you don't have to like completely and totally tear down a team if things don't go well for a few years like they did in Atlanta. You can still have those key pieces in place and, and go ahead and, and and rebuild sort of on the fly and rebuild quickly. Now the Falcons in the Super Bowl because they made some good choices and they should be lauded for that. Absolutely. And and to think that like all of this you can trace their their lack of depth all the way back to getting Julio Jones, remember, because they gave away yep. that, that boatload of picks. In yep. order to trade up to get Julio Jones, who is now you know and then, one of the beast receivers in the league. Oh yeah, uh, but then they, like it takes a few years, but they start hitting on first round picks. They mm-hmm. Beasley, Beasley didn't look like he was a good pick last year. This year he's been great. Keanu Neal looks like a real nice pick, real good player so far. Matthews has improved. So some of the guys that have been their first round picks in recent years since they made that Jones trade have become better players. To me, this game, and I know this is going to sound stupid cliche, but I, I, this game to me comes down to when Atlanta gets in the red zone, if they can get seven or not, because the Pats have been doing this like bend, don't break thing, and they did it against Pittsburgh again. I refer you to the clown shoes friggin' sequence at the goal line where they, they, they held them to three, not seven, right? Like when Atlanta gets in the red zone, and I'm pretty sure they've been one of the best red zone teams in the league this year. Oh, yes. When they get in the red zone, it has got to be seven. It cannot be 41-year-old Matt Bryant coming out there kicking field goals. I agree with that, but to me the key to the game is what the Falcons can do to bother Tom Brady in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, can they get, yeah, can they, can they get a little pressure on Tom Brady? And we'll have more right. to talk about this uh, next week. So uh, we're, next week we'll, we'll, we'll make our definitive picks and we'll we'll analyze the game a little bit more and we will give our stupid awesome are you excited to actually participate in this in uh, this one this year craig because uh, last year you were kind of going through the motions i think a little bit well with the broncos uh, in, the, in the finals and all oh yeah no i uh i didn't look at it at all i don't even remember participating in that podcast because i remember just not caring <laughs> i i was i I, I didn't look at any of the bets. I didn't want to know what any of the bets were. Right. I had no interest in any sort of the, the props gambling. Now, you, the question you asked me, am I looking forward to this? And the answer is, quite honestly, no. It's much more fun uh, when the Broncos are in the Super Bowl. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> it doesn't mean like, oh, hey, yeah, I know, it's going to be a fun rather participate in it. <laughs> it's going to be a fun podcast. Yeah, it, it, it'll be good. And, and I gotta, I don't know how I'm going to top my Vic Beasley or Vic my uh von miller pick from last year uh that was my number one my number one of my top five bets i believe last year was von miller for mvp at like what the hell was it? it was like plus th- like 550 or something it was it was great and then he like what was it the first series he had the uh the the fumble seven right where, where the sack uh, fumble that he recovered sack for fumble, the... and then he didn't recover it malik jackson recovered no oh, but didn't he have a t- didn't he have a score in that game he did not have a score. Oh, he had two, two sack, he had fumbles. sack fumbles that directly led to scores. Yeah. So either way, so just when it happened, I was like, oh my god! I just remember thinking like, oh, if if, if Von had a 
fallen on that one right before Malik Jackson. I remember the guy would have been a shoe in, right? <laughs> and he ended up getting it anyway, and it was fantastic. Uh, Bill Needles, Craig Needles, can't wait for next week. We're gonna we're gonna blow it out next week again for the Super Bowl. And uh, who's singing the anthem this year? I don't know. Oh, I haven't. Even th- I know Lady Gaga's doing the halftime. They, they must have announced who's doing the who's singing the Brian. The Who is? Who? Luke Bryan? Isn't he that country music star? Oh, yeah, that guy. All right. All right, sure. So it's going to be a short anthem then, I guess. Yeah, bet the under. Yeah. (laughs) Who is Aretha Franklin? Why didn't they get Aretha Franklin to do it and and go full Bleeding Gums Murphy again with the anthem? (laughs) Oh, that would be the best bet of all time, Aretha Franklin. Like, I would love to look at the props bet and see, like. Yeah, get Adele to do it. Yeah, see an anthem like length near five minutes. Right? <laughs> like, I would, I would absolutely love to see that over under. Uh, Craig Needles, Bill Needles, thanks for doing this, you guys, and I can't wait for next week. One of my favorite pods of the year. Take care, you guys. See you there.